don't know about the rest of you, but I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. Uh, I want to thank the worship team because there's a song that they sang. It says, there is a new name written down in glory. Earlier in the week, I was listening to a radio station and they were asking, what was your favorite song? This one came up for me. I couldn't believe it when they started singing it. I was like, Lord, thank you. I really needed that. Amen. Amen. So I, I, you know, I'm, I'm always in awe and amazed when the Lord kind of coordinates stuff and bring things together because earlier, uh, you know, M- Mandy mentioned Pastor Cap, Charles Cap. And listening to those teachings. And when I first started listening to Pastor Cap, I said, he's stealing my thunder. <laughs> because some of the things that he talked about, I'm going to talk about. You know? So I'm like, hey, that can't happen. And then today to hear there's a new name written down in glory. I was like, hey, <laughs> somebody's like connecting in and listening in my house. Who could that be? Amen. Amen. But I am so glad to be with you this morning. First of all, I want to thank Pastor for the opportunity to come before you because, you know, he's very, very protective of us as a congregation. So the fact that he asked me to do this, I'm very thankful for that. And of course, I'm always thankful to God for the time we spend together, but we spend intense time together when when I am beginning to teach, amen? This teaching actually for me had a chance to be, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but it was a conversation between me and Mr. Lamar. Um, Tested would be a good word, tested. Between me and Mr. Lamar, I don't know if all of you know, but I'm studying to be a drone pilot. Yeah, that's the reaction my mother had right over there. She goes, where do you get this stuff from? I said, I don't know. I don't know. I just know I'm going to study to be a drone pilot. And while I was talking to Mr. Lamar, I was telling him about, uh, I think it was our second lesson. There was a lot of physics involved. I thought my head was going to explode. I was like, uh, and I said to Mr. Lamar, I'm just not going to get it. He goes, oh, no. You just don't have it now, but you're going to get this, he says to me. And I looked at him and went, okay, there's that teaching again. Because what I want to talk with you about today is Things we just not, we just ought not to say. There are things as believers we just ought not to say. And I started thinking about it, and of course I thought about corporations. You know, companies have spokespersons. You know, people who speak on their behalf. And I began to think about that, and I was like, what is the role of a spokesperson? The role of the spokesperson is to communicate information the public wants or needs to know. It is also a person who speaks as the representative of another or others, often in a professional capacity. So we are spokespersons for God. 
Amen. We are spokespersons for God. We have a role and we have we're expected to communicate things that people need to know. If we look back, like I said, the person is the representative and you've got a role to play. And we represent God and we're supposed to communicate the things that God wants us and other people to know. Because we're not left out of this. Amen. Amen. And like when I'm talking with you guys and when I'm teaching you, I'm teaching me. So I get to kind of bring y'all all into the circle. You know, when I'm held accountable, guess what's going to happen? You get to go along on the ride with me. Amen. I love that. I'm not alone. Amen. Amen. I've got all of you and I know all of your names. <laughs> so guess what? I will be calling you out on occasion and going, how are we doing with that? I'm doing okay with it because we don't always say the right thing. I remember and Please understand, if you have a conversation with me at any time in your life, it can come into a teaching. So don't stop talking to me, please. But understand that I remember saying to Daryl years ago, see, he's like, all right, what you talking about over there? Rashawn was out of town and I said to Daryl, oh, you're batching it this weekend. He said to me, I am never a bachelor. And I thought about that because he's not. Whether Rashawn is in town or out of town, Daryl is a married man. Amen. So he's never a bachelor. And I thought about that. And he didn't say it, you know, in a bad way or anything like that. But it gave me pause about the things we say. Now, I'm not saying that the things we say are bad. But we are sometimes bad spokespersons for God. We really are with some of the things that we say. Pastor Cap said that words, that God's word is arranged in what he called faith dots. Does anybody remember that one? Faith dots. dots. He called them faith dots. He said, and it's like, and I don't know if the... If the two young people here, but some of you vintage people will know this. Remember those things and you had to connect the numbers and it created a picture. And then if you didn't create them correctly or if you didn't follow them correctly, you didn't get the right picture. Right. Words are the word of God is like that. It cre- it's creative and it creates a picture if you follow the dots. Sometimes with our words, we're not following the dots. Let me tell you. And I've got some examples of that. So how many of you remember Jeff Foxworthy's, <laughs> you know you're a redneck if, okay, I didn't write any of those down, by the way, but we're today going to take it. You know, you're a bad spokesperson if. All right. So follow me along this journey where we talk about 
you're a bad spokesperson if, excuse me, I'm, I'm wearing Invisaligns and they are really working me today. But anyway, you know you're a bad spokesperson if you say God is in control of everything. This had to be my number one. This had to be my number one. I absolutely hate this saying. When people come, you know, you hear people say, God is in control of everything. One, you don't want to take responsibility for the stuff you making or other people are making, or you want to put that on somebody else. It says, so God is in control of everything. Yes or no? Yes or no? All right, let's look. Genesis 1.26 in the New King James said, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So we're going to go back. Let them have dominion. I looked up the word dominion. Dominion means sovereignty or control in charge of something or ruling. So God said that they had dominion. Who's in control? Hello. And I see nowhere in the word where he took it back. That's what I was looking for. I was like, you got to find out where he took it back if you're going to say he's in control. Adam gave control to Satan. So because Adam gave control to Satan, then what happened is that Satan has it. Amen? Satan's got it. And God understood that or was so hemmed in by that, he had to send Jesus as a man. He had to follow the rules of the earth. The God who is omnipotent, omnipresent, all-powerful, the God of the universe, had to follow the rules. That's why Jesus came the way he did. All right, amen? So God's not in control. Would you, let me ask you, with all that's going on in our world today, Would you want a God who's in control of this? With how many genders do they have now? I forget. They created all kinds of genders. You know? And then, you know, you hear people talk about God controlling the vote. God not stepping into any voting booth. That's us. That's us. God is not in control of that. We need to take responsibility for that as believers and say, okay, God, what should I do? Who do I need to vote for? How should I look at this? So we know that God is not in control of this. Another one, you know you're a bad spokesperson if God will not put more on you than you can bear. Find it, I ask you. Now, if we look at 1 Corinthians 10:13, it says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. 
But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with temp- the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So I'm wondering if that's where they got it from. If that's where they got it from. They found this one word, bear it, and said, God won't put more on you than you can bear. Well, the word clearly says he's talking about temptation, not about our situations and circumstances that come against us. If we talk about situations and circumstances, we have a helper. Hallelujah. He he gave us a helper. Amen. And he said in the, the helper in John, and you can write these down because I kind of said, Daryl, I got some scriptures, but I didn't make them. But I'm going to read them to you. In John 14, 16, it says, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. We have a helper to help us with the situations and circumstances that come our way. In John 14, 26, it says, But the helper, and now we have a name, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So we know that that more than you can bear thing. What? Our God is great. We just sang, and greatly to be praised. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. There is nothing too big or too small for our God. So are you going to be a good spokesman when circumstances come your way and you go, Oh, Lord, here we go again. Oh, Lord, why me? I love that one. I told that to God one time. I did. I'm good. I said, Lord, why me? And all of a sudden, it rose up in my spirit and said, why not you? Why not you? Are you going to believe who I say I am to you? That you have a helper that's going to just come beside you and walk through this thing and have you win. We sang a song that says, we have the victory. We got it or we don't. Like I said, there are things we just not ought to say as believers. Amen. The other one is money is the root of all evil. Now, all of you heard that one. All of you have heard that one. Money is the root of all evil. Well, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, excuse me, the Bible says That it's the love of money, which is the root of all evil. Amen. It says in 1 Timothy 6.10. Let's see, I lost my place. Forgive me. I'll go up here. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. For which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Now, the love here that they're talking about is this, it is talking about a greed of money and, and, the, and things and like the pursuing of this money to the extent of everything else. You will do anything to get money. 
That's what it means about the love of money. The word that, that um, Vines translates as avarious is what it's called. And that means that there's just a greed about the money. You'll do anything to get it for wealth and material gain. Amen? So it is not money that is bad. Because if money were bad... Why then do we have, uh, let's see, excuse me, where is it? Sorry, give me a minute, I've got it. (laughs) Where is it? It's in one of these papers somewhere. It talks about, ah, Genesis 13.2. You can write that down. It says, and Abram was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. If God had a problem with you having money, what happened here? What happened here? I used to go around saying, I had a friend who said that God was going to make him rich. I said, well, what do you, uh, what? You can't go around saying God's going to make you rich. Because the word of God says, the poor you shall have with you always. And one day sitting in this sanctuary... For whatever reason, the Holy Spirit said, yes, the poor you shall have with you always. Doesn't necessarily mean it's you. He didn't say that just because you were going to have the poor with you that you had to be poor. He's going to give you wealth and money that you can help them. You're going to have the money and the resources to get them out of being poor potentially. It's about what you're going to do with that money and that wealth. If you're just going, as Phyllis would say, eat your seed, guess what? Yeah, that's going to be a bad deal for you. But he says that Abram was rich. So God can't have a problem with you and I being rich. Amen? Amen. You know, people running around talking about they on a fixed income. Not me. Not me. Uh-uh. No. Whatever income I need, I got a God who's going to provide it through the hands of men, which is what our confession says, that God will provide it through the hands of men. So, And then he's going to give it back to me. Amen? Amen. So we can't go around going, I'm poor. I used to say I was broke. I didn't say I was poor. I was always broke. And it's like... Well, who wants to be serving a God where you say you broke and you don't have enough money? It says in the word of God that he's going to provide for us all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Amen. And he got a bunch of stuff. I know he got a bunch of stuff because I got a bunch of stuff. I got a bunch of stuff in my house. So I'm sure I got it from him. You know, you know, we have parents, you know, and you get characteristics from your parents. And, you know, you got parents who who just have a bunch of stuff. They're hoarders. Well, my God, who's my father, has a bunch of stuff. I got a bunch of stuff, too. Amen. Glory be to God. Proverbs 10.22 says, The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and addeth no sorrow with it. So it is your attitude about money and being rich 
that we need to talk about. Amen. So when somebody says the Lord is going to make me rich. Amen. We need to go. Me too. And raise up our hands and say me too. Amen. Instead of going, you know, the Lord is not going to make you rich. What are you talking about? Ah, I got word that says he going to make me rich. It says he gives us the power to get wealth. Amen. Hallelujah. Bring on the power, Lord, because we have some things that we want to do to help people. Amen. When somebody needs help, glory be to God. And God says, go help them. Give them that $25. Pay for them groceries that are lined up and you see somebody in their wallet trying to find coupons and, and everything and they're like trying to put stuff back going, well, I don't have enough money. Well, glory be to God. That's what we're for so that we demonstrate we're good spokespersons for God. Amen. So when they said, why are you doing that? My God wants to demonstrate that he loves you. He wants to make sure you have what you need. Amen. Amen. So we've got that. Now, the other one we have is Jesus was poor. Jesus was poor. You know, and I think that one comes somewhere around where it says he didn't have a place to lay his head. You know, so people want to say he didn't have a house. He was poor. All right, let's go to the word. Because that's where we need to go with this stuff is to the word. John 12, 3 through 6 says, Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of oil. Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box and he used to take what was put in it. And we're talking about Judas here. Judas was the keeper of the money box. Judas, in other words, was the treasurer. If you are poor, why do you need a treasurer? What's the treasurer going to do? So Jesus was not poor. We see that the the wise men gave Jesus gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They list those, but there were other gifts. And his family kept those gifts for him so that when he went off to minister, he had money. He had stuff. Amen. And Judas was the keeper of the stuff. And Judas was a thief. So again, if you are poor, why do you need a treasurer? Many of you are treasurers of your house. You are the keeper of the money in your house. Amen. You got a treasurer. And your God says he will give you power to get wealth. So, hallelujah, you're not poor. Stop going around saying, I'm poor. No. You may not have it right now. But your God is a provider and he'll give it to you. He'll get it for you. Amen. Because that's his promise to us. Glory be to God. Like I said, I used to think that God wanted us to be poor. 
I would argue with a friend of mine all the time when he would say, you know, God's going to make me rich. God's going to give me wealth. And I would say, but the poor you shall have with you always. I did. (laughs) And he never had a comeback. He never had a comeback. And I think about that now. I was like, boy, you should have had a bunch of comebacks on that one. That's why we are sometimes bad spokesmen. Because I think I convinced him about God was going to make him poor too. Because <laughs> he would look at me and go, oh, I didn't think about that. Oh, and I was like, I think about it now. I wish I could find him and tell him, oh, I was so wrong. Forgive me. Please forgive me. I was a bad spokesperson for my God. Because why would God as a loving father want you to be poor? Why in the world? Think about it. God is a loving father. We've had examples here in our church where people have given testimonies about their fathers. We get that from God. And he's even better at it than you are as a father. So why in the world would we go around saying our God wants us to be poor? Your father doesn't want you to be poor. He wants you to have everything you need. Amen. Amen. So again, are you a bad spokesperson for God? If you go around saying Jesus was poor. Yeah. If you go around saying, oh, I'm poor. I'm poor. Yeah. I'm broke. Oh, yeah. You are a bad spokesperson and you are not following the word of God. That's where, like, like Pastor Cap was saying, the word of God follows and creates a picture. So we need to follow the word of God. Say the word of God. Now, we can't just say it and not mean it. You know, we need to believe that. But that's a whole different thing. And I said I wasn't going there. So keeping going. God makes you sick. So that you can go to the hospital and witness or be a testimony. All right, y'all. Get up and go. Listen. Listen. No. No. Just go and be a witness. Go visit then. (laughs) Don't be talking about that's why I'm sick. Now, yes, we get sick, if you will. We catch stuff because we're here on earth walking through it. Amen. But the word of God says that in um, Isaiah 53, 4 through 7, it says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shearer, excuse me, is silent. So he opened not his mouth. But it says 
that if that by his stripes we are healed. So no. He not making you sick so you can go to the hospital and be a witness. No. No. We need to be a witness that we are in health. You know, there are times <laughs> See, I go I go off on these tangents. Sometimes I wake up and I don't want to go to work. Anybody else? Okay, just me. I'm good. I'm good. It's just me. I don't want to go to work. And I lay there and try to figure out what excuse I'm going to give for not going. And the first one that comes to mind is what? I don't feel well. And as I lay there with, I don't feel well. The Holy Spirit goes, there is absolutely nothing wrong with you. <laughs> Get up and go to work. Amen? Amen. Shouldn't the testimony be that I am feeling great every day? By his stripes, I'm healed. Now, like I said, there are times when your body is trying to tell you something totally different. Because that's what it does. It tries to make you think that it is higher than it should be. Amen? Amen. So, and there are some times where, you know, I'm not going to kid you guys. It happens. It happens. I remember telling pastor one time we had this discussion. And we were talking about what do you do when you don't feel well? Because there are times when you literally do not feel well. What do you do? And pastor was saying, well, the word of God says that by his stripes, you're healed. You have to confess that. You have to stay on that. You have to believe that. I said, but pastor, I'm sick. He goes, are you? I'm like, yeah, I'm blowing my nose. I'm coughing up a lung. I'm sick. He goes, are you? And I had to think about that. I had to think about that. Because Fred Price said one time, he said he's never had another, I think it was a headache or something. He goes, I never had another headache. I go, how did he do that? Because there are times when I just wake up with a headache, you know? But I have to then take a step back and go, okay, Lord, maybe my head does hurt. But I am not going to receive that right now. I'm going to receive your word. I'm going to stand on your word and and get this thing together. Because our bodies will, in fact, try to tell us all kinds of stuff. And we have to say to, your, to the body, body, or as Noel says, dirt, line up. He said, you're dirt running around telling you all kinds of stuff. You listening to dirt. What is going on? So we have to take our authority and be a good spokesman for God. Be a good spokesman for God. Even when somebody says, but you're coughing. Yeah, I'm coughing, but glory be to God, I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. And that is what I'm going to believe. That is what I'm going to say. That's what I'm going to stand on. So I can't tell you how many times I've gone to work going, Man, ah, it's time to go to work. Amen. The other thing is, if you if you really, 
really and truly want to do it, have somebody in this church pray for you. Have somebody in this church pray for you. I can't tell you how many times I'm like, oh, yeah, I got the perfect reason why I'm not going to work tomorrow. And somebody in this church will pray for me or talk to me about something. I'll be like, ah, we're going to work tomorrow. (laughs) You know? So we need to know that we are good spokesmen. So if you are, if you're saying that God is making you sick, you're not a good spokesman. Amen? Amen. You know you're a good spokesman if you say what the word says about you. In 2 Corinthians 4, 7, the word says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of power may be of God and not of us. Earthen vessels. We need to say what God says about us. What is he saying about you? He's saying you're a treasure. We, we found that out about the, the, one of the parables. The parable where, where the, 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 the man found a field. And there was a pearl, a treasure in the field. And he sold all that he had to get the treasure. That's you and I. God considers us a treasure. Amen? Amen. In Deuteronomy 32.10, he says, I wrote that down somewhere. Deuteronomy 13.10. Here we go. (laughs) He found him in a desert land and in the wasteland, a howling wilderness. He encircled him, he instructed him, he kept him as the apple of his eye. That's how much God loves you. He calls you the apple of his eye. Amen? Amen. He sent his only begotten son first, but he calls you the apple of his eye. You know, and we've heard... People say, oh, you're the you're the apple of your mother's eye. You're the apple of your father's eye. Amen. That's just that should just make you feel great that the God of the universe considers you the apple of his eye. It says in the word, the angels say, what is man that thou art mindful of him? God is mindful of you. He has a plan for you. You are the apple of his eye. Amen? Amen. So we need to be saying what God says about us. You're a good spokesperson if you say what the word says about your situation. In 2 Corinthians 4, 8, it says, we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. That's your situation. Right there. All of a sudden, you are hard pressed on every side. You're in a bad situation. You are in a terrible situation. You are at work and the people at work dislike you immensely. Your boss is giving you all kinds of issues and trouble. He's giving you all of the bad assignments that he can find. And guess what God says in the next verse? 
in nine, it says persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. You are not destroyed. Take on those nasty assignments and do it as unto the Lord. Amen. Do it as unto him. If you can actually do it with a smile on your face and a song in your heart, that's even better. Glory be to God. There are stuff that I hate doing at work, but I do it as unto the Lord. There are things in my house I hate doing. Glory. Hallelujah. I do. My kitchen is being remodeled and I'm really happy about additional kitchen space. I really am because I'm a baker and, and when I bake, I have trays all over the place, especially at Christmas time. And one time I lost a whole batch of cookies because I couldn't find a tray in where I put it. You know, I was like, I know I made that batch. Where is it? I couldn't find it. It wasn't until I was cleaning up that I found the tray because I had put it out of sight and out of mind, you know. So I'm getting a, I'm getting a bigger kitchen. So I'm all excited. How many of you have lived through construction in your house? Are you over dusting like I am? Are you? I have so much dust in my house. You can write probably the scriptures. I mean, all of them. There's that much dust in my house. I keep dusting. I keep dusting. And it comes right back. Because, you know, they're sanding and they're putting down tile and they're taking out cabinets and all this other stuff. I am so over dusting. But when I get the dust cloth, I start to sing because that's the only way I'm going to get it done. And one of the songs I sing is there's a new name written down in glory <laughs> and it's mine. But there, so when you get those jobs that you just don't want to do, you do them as unto the Lord. They go quicker and you're like, before you know it, it's over and done with. Amen. Amen. So we, we need to be talking about what our situations are and what our circumstances are and saying what God says about our situation, what God says about our circumstances and not what the circumstances trying to tell you. I think Pastor Cap said, why in the world are you going to God and telling God what the devil said? We go to God and tell him what the devil said. Instead of going to the devil and telling them what God said. My God promised me this. My God promised me that. When I get down on my energy, it says that we should stir up the joy of the Lord that is within us. We stir it up and it gives me energy. Glory be to God. Or when I think about it, I think about Moses. It says Moses' eyes never dimmed and he was walking them hills. Glory be to God. I want to walk them hills. Every time I go up the steps, I go, Moses, Moses, especially when I got all the shopping bags in the world, because we can't make more than one trip, right? Come on. Come on, ladies. We can't make more than one trip. Mm -mm, no, you got 10 bags in the car. I can't make more than one trip, Lord. No. But, oh, stop. Oh, stop. <laughs> Siri trying to get in on the word here. Are you kidding me? Anyway, but, you know, we can't make more than one trip. So, you know, we're going to be like Moses. 
who walked the hills with the children of Israel in the wilderness until he, until he died. Amen? Amen. So when we are in those circumstances, when our situations or circumstances try to say something opposite to the word, be a good spokesman and say what the word says. Now, if you don't know what it says, you got to go searching because it says that it's all in here to life and godliness. It's all in there. So you got to go searching. So that's why, you know, pastor has us reading through the New Testament. Uh, You know, we do that uh, chapter a day. You'll find it. You'll find it. It may even lead you to the Old Testament because, like I said, Deuteronomy tells us you're the apple of his eye. That's where it also says that he has a plan for you. Amen? Amen. So it's all in the word for us to be good spokespersons for God. You know you're a good spokesperson if you say what you, what you say about others, what the word says. You know? Because here of late, what I see... And what I hear is people talking bad about people. You know, if you don't agree with what they say, then you're this, you're that, whatever. God doesn't say that. God doesn't say that. He says in 1 John 3.11, For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. If you love somebody, you can't go around saying bad stuff about them. You might question their behavior. You might question it. But you can't say bad things about them. Because it says that we are called to love one another. And it also says that they will know us by our love. It is the God kind of love, which is not dependent on the one receiving. God's love is because God is love. Doesn't have anything to do with whether you're a nice person, a good person, or any of that. It's about God. It says God to his nature is love. If we're going to be good spokespersons, then our nature needs to be one of love, okay? And we can't go around saying bad things about people. In 1 Corinthians 13, 7, and you all know this one because we laminated it and handed it out. (laughs) And every now and then, Pastor tells you, you should read this all the time. Love bears up under anything. And I'm reading from the Amplified because that's, that's the one that really kind of, kind of hit all of us. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances and it endures everything without weakening. And I want you to focus is ready to believe the best of every person. Difficult at times. 
That's why you have to have the love of God to believe the best of every person. It's hard when they attack you, say bad things about you, say bad things about your family, whatever it is, it's hard. But it says that we are to believe the best of every person. We're not going to do that or be able to do that by ourselves. We need the God kind of love that will allow you to see the best in someone. You need to see it through God's lenses, not through your own. Because what you're going to see, potentially what their actions are. You know, it talks about God looking upon the heart. You know, when he, when he chose David to be king, he tells him, use, no, he's, you know, he's looking at all the brothers and all the brothers are big, strong, handsome, whatever. And here comes the scrawny David. You know, the one with the shepherd, that's the shepherd, probably smelling like sheep and outdoors, right? And you want me to anoint him as king? Yes, because I looked at his heart. And it says that God called David. <laughs> he said that David was a man after his own heart. Amen? Amen. That's what he said. I was like, Lord, I want you to say that about me, that I'm a woman after your own heart. Amen? I'm not always getting it right. I'm not always a good spokesman, a spokesperson. I've said this stuff. I've said this stuff. So please do not think I'm picking on anybody other than me in this place. Amen. But I'm sure that you can go back in the audio tapes of your mind and find one of these. I know it. Because periodically the Holy Spirit will go, let's roll the tape. When I go, oh, I never said that. He goes, let's roll the tape. Or when I say, I never did that. He goes, let's roll the tape. And we get that. And it's not so that you can be condemned about it. It's so that God can work with you and change it so that you become a better spokesperson for God. Amen. So that when you talk to people and I'm not saying you got to go out there and go, you know, these thousand and that, you know, no, that's not what I'm saying. But when somebody says something, you can say to them, that's not the God I serve. The God I serve says this. And he wants to say the same thing to you for you. Amen. Amen. So we are to or we are called to love. And when we love as God loves, when we love like God loves, then this is easy. This is easy when we know that it's all about the love of God that we are to demonstrate. That makes us good spokespersons for God. Amen? Amen. As we finish here, we are God's spokespersons. Understand that speaking is creative. Speaking is creative. That's why it's so important. If you look in Genesis, what does it say? God said... 
God said. So it creates something. Proverbs says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. You will create life or death with the power of your own tongue. Like I said, oh, Lord, I'm so broke. I'm so broke. And then I would, money would be just like flying out of my hand. It really did. I kid you not. I would get paid and then nothing. I'd be like, where'd all the money go? And it's because I'm creating this atmosphere where money is just going out of my hand. Amen? So speaking is creative. So we need to be very, very conscious of the things that we are saying because we are creating something. We are following some dots. Now, if you don't follow the faith dots to create the right picture, you ever see kids who do this? You tell, you try to get them to go, okay, you go one, two, three. They just want to go like this. And then say, see? Yeah, well, see, you have a mess. But you got kids, so you're not going to tell them, oh, baby, you're going to go, oh, baby, that's beautiful. Now let's get some crayons and color it in. And you hang it on the refrigerator. Well, God kind of does the same thing when we don't follow the faith dots. He goes, oh, baby. But he doesn't say it's beautiful. He sends the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit goes, oh, you didn't quite follow those dots all the way out. You needed to follow the dots in a certain way so that you get the picture, you get the blessings, you get the benefits that are the things that God wants you to have. Amen? Amen. So speaking is creative. And as we speak his words in faith, they will create a pattern of actions for us to do that will cause us to reap the blessings he has for us. They will cause actions. For us to do. There are things that we as believers. We as children of God. Are to do. We're to do. You know people always say. You know God did this. Or the devil did this. We have a role to play. It says study. To show yourself approved. It says meditate. On my word. Don't let it. Depart from out of your mouth. We have a role to play here, and when we play our role and we understand what actions we're supposed to take. You know, we talk about money and tithing, you know, and people are talking about, oh, tithing is this and tithing is that. Let me tell you guys something. I moved to Connecticut in uh, 1988, I believe it was, and Connecticut's extremely expensive. It was then, and I think it's even worse now, but I don't know. I haven't been there. And um, I stopped going to church. I hadn't found a church home, and I wasn't tithing. And then I found a church home, and I still wasn't tithing. I couldn't believe how quick money left. When I talk about money leaving, it was as if I was opening the window and throwing it out. That's how bad it was. And I'm going, Lord, what is it? And he takes me back to the word about tithing. 
So I started tithing. And you, you know, and of course, you know, we always think that, you know, because we're born again believers, everything going to be all right, right away, right? Uh Uh-uh. Money still was going out the window at a rate I couldn't believe. But then I was like, no, your word says the tithe belongs to the Lord. And if you spend the tithe, you are stealing from God. I was like, no, I can't steal from God. I met a, a lady. She had five children. She was a stay at home mom. She homeschooled, and her husband worked for, I believe, the state. Now, anybody works for the state, no, you you ain't going to get rich working for the state. I don't care what they say unless you stealing, but that's a different story. You're not going to get rich that way. So she was the one who showed me how to budget and how to live with it. And I was amazed. That all of a sudden, now, I'm tithing, I meet her, she shows me what to do according to the word of God. Hallelujah. I'm back in business again, the shoe business. You know, I'm back in the shoe business again. Hallelujah. And all because, like I said, if you're going to be a good spokesman and take the actions that the faith dots tell you to take. Amen? Amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed, if you are a good spokesman for God, yes or no. You get to answer those. I answered mine. You get to answer yours, right? Father, we thank thee for this time that we could come together. We thank you, Father God, for your word. Your word is alive. Your word, oh, Father God, changes us from the inside out. And we know that it is sharper than any two-edged sword. So as we go out, Father God, let us be good spokespersons for you. That we paint such a glorious picture of our God that others will want to come and follow us because your word says that if you be lifted up, you will draw all men unto you. So, Father God, we lift you up today in this place by the word that you have given to us, by your example of your son and by the helper, the Holy Spirit. May we all, Father God, today go in your name saying what you have to say to others. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.